Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to dive deeper into Venus in Virgo and what that can mean, what it means in a birth chart, what it means in this current transit, what it's going to mean for the world from a macro perspective, and what is it going to represent for each of us in our individual birth charts. I do want to say if you're a member of my Patreon account, patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast, I do weekly horoscopes. And whenever we have a transit like this, when Venus moves or the sun transits, Mars or Mercury switch signs, I always give a horoscope for what the signs can expect for this transit. So if you are interested in learning more about the current astrological weather and how it is going to impact you and your zodiac signs specifically, check out Patreon. It's patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast. I give the weekly horoscopes. And there are also things like recorded classes, live group classes, tarot readings, and a patron social where we all get together and talk about astrology. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, I would love to see you there. So let's go ahead and talk about Venus in the sign of Virgo. So Venus in Virgo isn't always necessarily bad. It's just learning how to work with Venus in Virgo, okay, and what it represents. When we understand something and we can put language to something, I think that it loses a lot of its malefic power because we know what to expect and we know how to work with that energy. It's like the astrological weather, like I always talk about. If we think it's going to rain, let's put on rain boots. If we think it's going to be hot, let's put on a tank top. So if we know that this energy is going to come, Come, it doesn't necessarily mean anything horrific has to happen. It just means that we want to flow with the energy in a productive way. So definitely nothing to be worried about, just something to be mindful of. So Venus is luxury. Venus is beauty. It represents art and our ability to create. It represents diplomacy, our ability to get along with other people, how we give and receive love. Venus does, again, represent beautiful things, artistic things, flowers, gemstones. It's feminine energy. So Venus does represent women. Venus is, of course, the karka of relationships. So it has to do with romance and love. And again, I, I really like to stress that Venus is our creative energy. So when we see artists, when we see musicians, a lot of the time they have a strong affiliation to Venus and Venusian energy. So if you are a creative person, if you are a Libra ascendant or a Taurus ascendant, or even a Libra moon, Taurus moon, this may be a time where you feel a little lackluster. You know, it may be a little challenging. Things may feel a little sticky. There may be a loss of creativity. And we will talk a little bit more about this as well. Venus is also wealth. Venus has to do with opulence, right? It's Venus is the beautiful restaurant with the soft cushions, the delicious food, and the beautiful view. Okay, so these are the Venusian types of things in our life. Of course, it's also clothing and having beautiful clothing and makeup and um, using makeup. And Virgo is quite the opposite. Virgo is an earth sign. It's very practical. It's very grounded. And Virgo is the most perfectionistic of the signs. It's incredibly perfectionistic. It's very linear. It's very analytical. 
It's very organized. And because it's so perfectionistic and it can be so type A, it can therefore be rather critical. So when Venus is wanting to create and spend money and <laughs> appreciate the nice things, Virgo is like, hey, we need to be serious. We need to be practical. How much is this costing? Can we please make a spreadsheet? It wants things to be practical and predictable and serious. And of course, again, it can have that critical element to it. So when Venus comes into Virgo, it can bring criticism when it comes to relationships. So this is something we want to watch out for, especially in our own lives, right? How we're interacting with other people. It can create criticism. It can create kind of annoyances. It can facilitate some of this desire to be a perfectionist when it comes to love, so having high expectations of your partner or high expectations of yourself, which then may lead to self-doubt or concern or feeling inadequate. So it's really important at this time where if we have those feelings of being perfectionistic or being critical or being overly analytical, we really want to be mindful. And I was thinking about this before I started recording. I was contemplating the issues that we commonly see in relationships. And I feel like these are some of the main issues. We were perfectionists, right? We want ourselves to be perfect. And therefore, we want the world around us to be perfect. We can be critical. There are things inside of ourselves that we don't like, that we're critical of. And so then we are critical of the world around us. We are overanalyzers. We want to predict the future. And instead of simply opening a conversation and trying to get clear dialogue with somebody, we decide to overanalyze the situation until the cows come home. So... This is an important time. This is an important time of contemplation. I'll even say last night, it's so funny, like I'm very laid back. Most of the time I'm pretty laid back. I'm not very high demand. I'm not very needy. I like do my own thing. I've got my own work. <laughs> I feel really secure in my relationship. And yesterday I wanted my partner's attention. And so I messaged him and Wednesday is like his busy day. It's always his busiest day. And he didn't message me back for like several hours. I think I had messaged him at like 5 or 6. It's 10 p.m. and I still hadn't heard back from him. And this is like pretty typical behavior for a Wednesday. It's nothing out of the ordinary. It's no big deal. And suddenly I was like, why is this guy not texting me back? What is he doing? Where is he? Like not out of like a, a suspectful tone. I was just – I felt myself becoming a little more critical of him than normal. This was like right after Venus went debilitated. And so I was like, oh my gosh, Venus is debilitated. I need to make sure I'm extra compassionate. <laughs> and so this is the type of thing that I'm talking about. Like if your partner goes to the store and forgets peaches, if they are late coming home from work, if they're not being as responsive as usual, if they're not responding the way that we're hoping that we're going, they're going to respond. It's giving that extra compassion and giving that extra time because when Venus is debilitated, we are just more likely to have that critical edge, overanalytical edge, and perfectionistic edge, which I think can be the root of so many issues in relationship. But again, it can also be in the world around us, right? We may see other people being more critical um, wanting themselves to be perfect and therefore the world around them to be perfect. So we really want to be mindful of how we're conducting ourselves, how we're approaching people, and we want to 
kind of monitor our response when other people are acting this way towards us. Something that I always want to come back to is that how we respond to people is a reflection of what's happening inside of us. So if somebody comes at us and they're judgmental and they're critical and they're all of these other things, that is just a reflection of something that is living inside of them. So maybe they have things inside of themselves that they need to work through. They have judgment towards themselves. They have a hang up on being perfect. They have a hang up on criticizing their own life and and therefore everyone else's. How we choose to respond to that situation is our choice. And I actually heard this beautiful story today by Rishi Chindananda. I absolutely loved it. He was saying that if you're walking and you have a cup of coffee and someone bumps into you and the coffee spills, it's not necessarily because the person bumped into you that you spilled the coffee. It's because you had coffee in your cup. If that person had bumped into you and you had tea in your cup, you would have spilt tea. And so the concept is that we can't control the outer world. People are going to bump into us and they're going to be critical and they're going to be judgmental. But what we have inside of us is what's going to spill out. So what's inside of us? Are we going to spill hate and criticism and judgment back? Or are we going to spill compassion and patience and love? That's our choice that we get to have. And of course, this isn't saying that we should let people run over us and and continue to harass us. Of course not. It means that we need to walk away from that situation, right? That's our choice is to remove ourselves from the person who continues to bump and shove, continuing to make us spill. So what are we made of and what are we going to spill out? Because again, astrologically, with this astrological weather, we may be feeling that judgment and and that criticism. I was also thinking about the biggest issues in relationship. I even texted one of my best friends about it and we were kind of talking about the biggest issues in relationship and we compiled this long list. But when I tried to when I tried to kind of boil everything down to the root causes of things, what I came up with is that one of the biggest tensions in relationship is our comfort and safety within ourselves which is kind of what I was mentioning a moment ago if we have comfort and if we have security in ourselves, meaning we can rely on ourselves to make healthy choices for us we can rely on ourselves to make safe choices for us we act as an ally in our life that is feeling safe and secure within ourselves. if somebody treats us poorly we're out of there you know, if somebody tries to dog on us or, or put us down, we stand by our own side. We either decide to take part in that situation and kind of have some combat or we choose to walk away from that situation and remove it. But we don't sit there silently and subject ourselves. So it's having this connection to yourself, knowing that you are going to be there to make the right choices. When we don't have that inner security and when we don't have that comfort, it shows up in things like sacrificing ourself for love. What do I mean by that? It's entering a relationship. And maybe this person that we're in a relationship with doesn't like the fact that we dirt bike. They don't like the fact that we eat certain foods. They don't like the fact that we wake up at 5 a.m. They don't like the fact that we work until 8. And so because they don't like these things about us, 
we start squeezing ourselves into this ideal shape for this person. We are sacrificing parts of ourself. Okay. And it's different when it's a negotiation because negotiation is part of relationship. Negotiating and sacrificing parts of yourself that you love is a completely different thing. And when we don't have that inner security and that inner fortitude and trust within ourselves, to know when to say, hey, I don't like the way this person is treating me. I don't feel like I'm valued for, for who I really am, so I'm going to walk away. That's because we're losing that comfort within ourselves, right? If we, if we don't have the strength to stand up and say that. Other things that happen when we do not have that safety and security within ourselves, we ignore red flags in other people. So we sacrifice ourselves, sacrifice things that we love, and then we ignore red flags for the sake of quote unquote being loved, having a connection. So we're desperate to be in a relationship, we're desperate to have connection, we meet someone and they're displaying some really weird red flags. If we lack that inner strength and we lack that ability to take care of ourselves, we'll say, ah, it's fine. It's okay that he doesn't have a job or a house or a car. It's fine that he talks to me disrespectfully sometimes. He doesn't mean it. It's okay that he hits me sometimes. He doesn't mean it. Right? Those are huge red flags. I mean, the car and stuff, whatever. But the, the assault and the disrespect, those are big red flags. And if we don't know how to take care of ourselves, and if we don't know how to stand by ourselves as an ally, we'll allow ourselves to overlook those red flags. Accepting unacceptable behavior. So this is what this can change for many people. Some of us are going to have behavior that's unacceptable while others find it to be totally fine. Somebody can be in a relationship where their partner talks openly about other people being attractive and being sexually attracted to other people and they think it's totally fine they love talking to their partner about things like that it doesn't hurt their feelings it's no big deal it's a space of connection and intimacy in another relationship if a partner were to do that it could be devastating it could totally break somebody's heart it could be incredibly hurtful so unacceptable and acceptable is going to vary on the relationship but you get to decide for yourself what is acceptable and what is not acceptable and the stronger connection that we have to ourselves right the more of an ally that we are to ourselves the less apt we are to excuse the unacceptable behavior we see it happening it's like "Eh, mm -mm, that's unacceptable to me that's my boundary I'm not going to do that you can have a conversation about it and see if the other person or people are going to respect you or again you can choose to remove yourself from that situation but you hear me a lot some of some of the answers are removing yourself from the situation and that's the thing right that's the big takeaway from this is that when we feel that strength in ourselves we don't need other we don't need a romantic connection we feel safe and we feel secure as an individual person and on the flip side of that right there is a way to have dialogue and to express needs and to express desire and I think that that, <laughs> that ability to express needs, to express desire, to express boundaries, it takes just as much courage as it does to stand in our own independence. And so I think that that's something else that's really big that we can all keep in mind is if we're not getting what we want, are we asking for it? Asking ourselves that. If we're not getting what we want in our connections, are we asking for it? If we feel that we're being violated in our relationships, are we setting boundaries? Are we stating, hey, X, Y, and Z makes me feel 
uh, violated. X, Y, and Z makes me feel unsafe. I don't like it. You know, I don't like it when these things are happening. Because if we don't share that boundary, we're not giving our person or our people an opportunity to honor the boundary. Now, if we implement the boundary and we say the X, Y, and Z makes me feel unsafe and they continue to do it, that's a red flag. That's when we should remove ourselves from the situation, right? And trust that what we're seeing is real. Trust that what we're feeling is real, right? Not letting ourselves kind of gaslight ourselves into thinking it's okay. If that is unacceptable behavior, if that is making you feel unsafe, if it's shooting your nervous system, that's a big red flag. It's time to go, right? So are you getting, are you asking for what you need? <laughs> are you stating your needs? Are you stating your boundaries? Are you stating your desires? Because these are all things that we should be open and willing to communicating and also hearing, wanting to hear from our partner. What are your boundaries? What do I do that makes you feel unsafe? What do I do that does make you feel supported and feel secure and feel safe? Just trying to understand that, you know, and also, of course, working to honor our friends, our friends' boundaries and our relationships' boundaries. I, I've had a friend recently that's been really struggling with this. They've had a breakup and they've asked their ex multiple times to please not text them and to please not send photos or send videos. And they continue to do this. They continue to send the videos. They continue to reach out. And that behavior, that demonstration of behavior is why they ended up separating anyway was because they were asking for something. They were stating their boundaries. They were stating their needs. And their boundaries and needs were constantly violated. And so it's just a really interesting thing to watch how people honor boundaries before, during, and after relationships because they can often change, especially if we're with like a narcissistic person. In the beginning, they'll honor your boundaries. They'll want to do everything to make you happy. They'll say all the right things. They'll, you know, completely want to be with you all the time and want to make you feel safe and secure and loved and like you're the only person on earth. And then once they have you, right, things start slowly start changing and it makes you feel a little crazy. That's why being with a narcissist is so challenging is because it takes you through this kind of mind spin. But anyway, not going to go into narcissist. One of the things <laughs> that I boil down is incredibly important is that inner fortitude. Without our inner fortitude, we sacrifice ourselves. We ignore red flags. We accept unacceptable behavior. The other little nugget that I boil down is that we live from a wounded nature. And this is huge because... When we live from a wounded nature, we have an expectation of how other people are going to act. It's kind of like the flinching dog effect, right? You, there's this poor, sweet, beautiful soul that was with a family that was abusive. They raise their hand. The dog flinches because it learned to flinch. Now, thank goodness, they're in a new, loving, gentle home. Somebody lifts their hand at a baseball game because their you know, person got a home run and the dog starts flinching when this person had an entirely different intention. And we get these expectations from our family of origin, how we're raised. That's the basis of all of this most of the time is we were raised a certain way and so we instill certain expectations and then we carry them with us into relationships if we were abused god forbid we may expect that type of behavior in our partnerships we may even seek it out because it's something that we feel like we deserve if we have a parent who never listens to us never validates us never listens to our opinion when we're in our relationships, we may feel very insecure about sharing our opinion 
We may feel very insecure about sharing our thoughts because we're afraid that our partner's just not going to listen. They're not going to validate us. They don't care what I think. They don't care what my opinion is. That's something that we've instilled. So it can come from a family of origin. It can also come from other relationships. If we're in a relationship where someone is constantly, you know, maybe it's an expected, agreed upon monogamous relationship, and then the partner is seeking out other relationships and being very untrustworthy and and not loyal in that connection, you may expect disloyalty in your next relationship. You may expect your next partner to be looking at other people and to be texting other people and to be on dating apps and then it causes all this anxiety. And it's it's real. You know, like I don't want to be on here shaming people for that. It's a very real thing. And it totally hurts no matter what it is, rather it be the relationship thing or something that happened with the family. It's a wound. That's why I'm saying it's from a wounded space. And so it's not something that we should judge ourselves over or beat up, beat up on ourselves over or think that we're broken because that's just not the case at all, right? We can get a cut and that cut will surely heal over, but we have to be gentle with it. We have to know how to do it. We have to put on some antiseptic. We have to bandage it up. We've got to give it some time. We've got to give it some TLC. The last thing we want to do is is beat up on it more and shame it for being hurt. And so again, why I'm saying all of this is because when we are in relationships, one of the biggest things that can cause rupture is having that distorted reality of what the relationship is, distorted expectations, and not communicating with our partner and not allowing our partner to explain their intention or what it is that they're trying to, again, communicate. Because if we're in a relationship and we have that wound and we think our partner doesn't want to hear us and we think that they're not going to validate us, that's going to cause a lot of issues, It can potentially cause a ton of issues because what it leads to is us not asking for our needs to be met, us not asking for our boundaries to be met, us not stating our desires. It's not going to result in a fulfilling relationship, but it's not the partner's fault. It's our work, right? Of course, we need a supportive relationship to grow in, but it's our responsibility to mend that. It's not finding somebody perfect to help us, right? We have that wound. And it's our responsibility to mend it. Same thing with someone who has experienced this disloyalty. It's we're bringing that energy into our next relationship and it can create that distrust. It can create disharmony, constant questioning, wanting to see someone's phone, violating their personal space. And so this person can be like, wow, like I've never done anything to show this person I'm not loyal. I don't know what's going on. I'm totally loyal. I've never cheated on anyone. I'm totally into this person, totally invested. I don't get it. And so again, it's that person's responsibility to heal that wound and to have open communication. Hey, I was in a relationship that was abusive. I was in a relationship that was disloyal and it left me feeling insecure and that's my responsibility to fix and I appreciate your patience you know and so far in this relationship you're right you haven't done anything to show me you're unloyal disloyal and I really appreciate that thank you you know I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing that I'm gonna keep sticking with the reality of the present situation not imposing my past upon it so again, it's, it's really important to take ownership of our wounds. 
Because if we don't, it can seep into relationships and it can rot them from the inside out. And it's incredibly unfortunate. When we are dating, it's also important to remember that it's our wounds we are bringing to the table and our partner is not going to be perfect. They are going to have their wounds as well. And so they're going to come forward with their deficits and their perfectionist mindset and their, you know, whatever, their judgmental mindset, whatever it is that they're working with. If they were abused, if they were neglected, if they were abandoned, abandonment is huge too. And so it's important for us to take ownership of our own stuff and to be aware of it. Sometimes we're not even aware of it. We have to become aware of what of what's going on. Be aware of it, take ownership of it, and then have compassion for our partner. And this is what's so big with the Venus debilitation. Because right now, I think because the energy can be so critical and it can be so perfectionistic, we may have these unrealistic standards that we're placing on our partner, partners, people around us. And they're their own person. They've had their own upbringing. They've had other relationships. They've experienced their own pain. And they're trying to heal too. And so really just leaving that space, really leaving space for compassion and trying to hold space for them in their healing process, because that's what relationship is all about. We don't usually have all of this gnarly stuff come to the surface until we're actually in an intimate connection. So intimacy in our relationships can be one of the most powerful arenas of growth if we allow it to be, if we approach it with this mindset. Not expecting our partner to be perfect so that they can heal us. That's not the way it works. Our partner can't be so perfect that they heal us. We have to constantly be healing ourselves. We have to hold space for our partner to be healing too and to be supportive in that. Um, yeah, so it's a beautiful opportunity in my opinion. And the smaller things, like I was saying, the texting, right? Coming home late from work, uh, being maybe a little bit more annoying than usual. It's okay to be annoyed by our partners. We're around them all the time, <laughs> right? They may be a little bit more chatty or their energy may be higher. Or they just may be doing something that just kind of throws us off. Holding space, having compassion. People do not need to be perfect all the time. It's okay to get annoyed. It's okay to get frustrated. These are normal things to feel in a relationship. Other things that I did want to talk about is money, and I think I may have mentioned that already. We want to be super mindful with finances right now. Don't overspend. Really look into the future. See how much money you have coming in, how much money you have right now. Try not to overspend. Try not to splurge. It's really not the best time for it. When we are looking at the world at large, I do think that we will continue to see people being critical of one another. And people may be approaching one another with that perfectionistic mindset of maybe thinking that they're better than other people, maybe looking down on other people. So we want to be mindful. I do also think, you know, Venus is diplomacy. And I think that we will continue to see this kind of loss of diplomacy. People not being super diplomatic. I think that we will continue to see a division. Venus is the ability to get along. It's how we give and receive our love and appreciation, okay? So when Venus is debilitated, I think that we're going to see a loss of that. I think that we will see emerging conflict, emerging frustration. There may also be a lot around finances and money that is coming to the surface that we need to watch out for. Something that I was looking at with Venus, Venus is going to be debilitated until September 5th. But between August 26th and September 5th, 
Venus will be with Mercury. And when Venus is debilitated and Mercury is exalted in Virgo, this cancels the debilitation. So Venus is going to be doing so much better between the 26th of August and the 5th of September. So I do want you guys to have that marked on your calendar because it's going to be helpful. We're not going to have as long of a debilitated period. So let's go ahead and get into the individual horoscopes. If you are an Aries moon or an Aries ascendant, please be particularly mindful of your health. Venus is debilitated in your sixth house. So watch out for teeth issues, issues of the mouth, issues of the face. If you're thinking about having any cosmetic surgery done or any dental work done, I would try to postpone it um, at least until the 26th, maybe until um, the 6th of September so that Venus is in Libra. I think that that would be a lot better. For you especially, please be mindful of relationships. Venus is your seventh house ruler. It's just a little bit more afflicted. It's also being aspected by Rahu. So in your relationships, be kind, be compassionate. Your partner may be just a little bit <laughs> more frustrating than usual, or maybe you're a little bit more frustrating to your partner. Just trying to be patient and ride this period out with kindness. Again, things should start feeling a lot better by August 26th. If you are a Taurus moon or a Taurus ascendant, Venus is your first house ruler and it being debilitated, it can affect the vitality and it can affect the health. So be mindful of your health, be mindful of your physical body, make sure you're getting a lot of movement, some stretching, plenty of water, just taking really good care of yourself. And if you are a creative person, this may be a time where you're feeling a little lackluster, maybe a little less inspired than usual. Don't have too high of expectations of yourself try not to be overly critical of yourself this is a really good time to get grounded and to get serious and maybe take care of more admin stuff within your career but again if you're a creative type just give it some time that inspiration should be coming back after august 26th if you are a Gemini moon or a Gemini ascendant, Venus is debilitated here in your fourth house. This could represent a change around the home, maybe redecorating, switching things around. You may even be contemplating moving. These types of thoughts just may be coming up, but definitely be mindful of um things around the home that need to be fixed. So if you need to fix anything, now's probably a good time. Also, please be mindful, make sure that the doors are locked, make sure you're not leaving anything valuable in your car. If you have an alarm on your house, I would go ahead and set it. It's just a little bit more of a vulnerable time for these types of things. Also, your creativity. You know, if you are a highly creative person, you may be feeling a little bit of a lack of creativity. Try to write it out. It is going to pass again, especially after August 26th. And your inner sense of security. Make sure that you're doing all that you can for your heart space so that you can feel really loved and nurtured because you may just be feeling uh, maybe a little lonelier, maybe a little bit more tender than usual. So just be sure you're taking care of yourself. If you are a Cancer Moon or a Cancer Ascendant, this is not the best time for like social media. You may be feeling really flustered with the media. You may be prone to posting critical or judgmental things on the media. Be mindful. Remember, anything that you post online can't be undone. Even if you delete it, it's kind of there forever. Trust me. 
So be mindful about what you post. Um, Try maybe even take a break from social media. It may really serve you well. This isn't the best time for finances. Be mindful. Just try not to overspend. Make sure you know where your money is going and being really cautious with it. And I wouldn't start any arguments with a sibling. These siblings may be going through a difficult time. Just try to be as supportive as possible. Try to resist any potential criticism. If you are a Leo moon or a Leo ascendant, Venus is debilitated in your second house of finances. Don't freak out. I don't see this being anything necessarily horrible, but you want to be serious and you want to be practical. Make sure that your finances are in order and your business is in order. Your work, rather you work in an office, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a CEO, it doesn't matter. This is a time to get everything organized and have everything in its place. It's not the best time to spend frivolously. It's not the best time to kick back. This is a really good period to get to work, to get things under control, and to make sure everything, again, is organized. Because I think that this period of time can actually be a really good period for financial growth if you use this Venus debilitation to your advantage um, and take it really seriously. But again, just be mindful of finances. I wouldn't have any dental work done I wouldn't have any cosmetic surgery done I would wait during this period if you are a Virgo moon or a Virgo ascendant Venus of course is debilitated on your ascendant on your first house so as I've been telling people this is the time to be mindful with finances okay this is your second house ruler it's also your ninth house ruler so be mindful of the finances be mindful of the father the father may be having a difficult time he may also just be a little bit more touchy or critical lately so just trying to be patient trying to be supportive of course not being critical or combative towards him either and this is a good time to focus on yourself and on your personal life where do you need to get organized where do you need to where have you maybe been being a little bit more frivolous where have you been being a little bit more laid back and how can we kind of tie up those strings a little bit just tighten things up to get things more practical and more organized so I don't see this being a super horrible time for Virgo especially if they take this period to be wise with their money be wise with their spending and just trying to avoid any conflict potentially with their father or with their teachers and be super mindful not to be over critical of yourself. You may be feeling so critical of yourself, maybe over analytical about yourself and your life. <laughs> Try not to get too in your head about it. Try to relax into what is trying to live in the present moment and give yourself an applause give yourself a pat on the back for all of the amazing work that you've already done and where you already are try not to fall prey to that inner critic okay if you are a libra moon or a libra ascendant be especially mindful again venus is your first house ruler it's debilitated in the 12th this is a time to be mindful of your health be mindful of your vitality make sure you're moving your body doing yoga drinking lots of water taking care of your physical form there may be some changes and transformation in this time period because it is the eighth house ruler as well um 
the 12th house is the house of unexpected expenditures. So there may be something that comes up that makes you spend more money that you weren't anticipating. So definitely be mindful. Don't spend frivolously. Make sure that you're taking care of your finances in advance. And it's always a good time to lock the car doors. Don't leave any valuables out on the seats. Make sure you set your alarm if you have one on your house. It's just a good time to take care of property and kind of surveillance because the 12th house is the house of hidden enemies. That being said, don't give your social security number away. Be super mindful of calling scams and all of that good stuff. So nourish your body, make sure that you're getting proper exercise and get ready for Venus on the ascendant, which will happen September 6th. That's going to be such a sweet transit for you. If you are a Scorpio moon or a Scorpio ascendant, Venus is debilitated in your 11th house, and it's also your 7th house ruler. Okay, so there may be a tendency to have that critical edge when it comes to relationships or to your friendships. So be really mindful of any extra sauciness. If you're in a partnership, be mindful, even with your friends, trying not to be critical, trying not to be judgmental, and being mindful because they may have that critical judgmental energy as well. Try not to get into the over analytical game. I know that Scorpio, they can go into their cave and they can analyze things until, you know, two weeks has passed. Try to open dialogue and open communication because when we're analyzing by ourselves, what we're doing is we're telling ourselves a story about a situation. We are making assumptions about a situation and that may not be the truth for this other person. So remember to have open communication be open to hearing the opinions and thoughts of other people and openly share your own opinions and thoughts as well that's just going to open a clear channel of that communication try to avoid any of that criticism or that judgment and now may be a time where you're especially serious about your long-term goals and what you're creating for your future so use this period to your benefit get things together get organized to plan what your next moves are going to be if you are a Sagittarius moon or a Sagittarius ascendant, Venus is going to be debilitated in your 10th house. This is your 6th house ruler and your 11th house ruler. So again, we want to be mindful of the health. Really take care of yourself. Be mindful of things like indigestion, your digestive tract. Again, drink lots of water, take any herbal supplements that you need to, and just be mindful of what it is that you're consuming because you may be a little bit prone to stomach upsets. And when it comes to work, when it comes to your network circles and your associates, try to be mindful of the criticism and the judgment. There may be some more energy here than usual, especially at work. If you're having difficulties at work, be really mindful about what you choose to say because you may be a little bit more prone to criticism, a little bit more prone to judgment, and you don't want to say something that you're going to later regret. But what it's a great time for is getting things organized around your office, wherever you're working, whether it be from home or actually in an office, even if it's online, getting things organized, cleaning things up, getting things clear for the couple of months to come. As I mentioned as well, the friendships and the network circles, they may be feeling a little critical too, so make sure that you're holding some extra compassion. If you are a Capricorn moon or a Capricorn ascendant, Venus is debilitated in your ninth house. 
And this is your 10th house ruler. This is also your fifth house ruler. There may be some of that lackluster when it comes to your creativity. You may be feeling a little bit more than other people. You may have been on this high of creativity, high of optimism in regards to what it is that you're producing. And now maybe you're feeling a little blah, just a little blocked. So remember, do keep in mind, this is something that is going to pass. This is the ninth house of the father. There is an association to the 10th house. So be really mindful of issues around the father, of issues around the career. There may be some things that are happening at work or with authority figures that rub you the wrong way or make you feel a certain type of way. Remember, once we say something, it can't be unsaid. So be super discerning about what you allow yourself to share at work. If it's a critique, if it's a judgment, I think that those things are, they can be super valuable and they can be done in a really effective, harmonious way. But again, just try not to do anything off of impulse. Try to be really mindful about that communication. Um, there may also be some stuff with children. So if you have kiddos, just be mindful. Your kiddos may also be having a little bit more of a challenging time right now. If you are an Aquarius moon or an Aquarius ascendant, Venus is going to be debilitated in the eighth house. This is your fourth house ruler and your ninth house ruler. So we want to be really careful about the home, right? Be really mindful. There may be an unexpected thing that goes wrong and then you have to pay for it and fix it. Maybe a pipe breaks or your car breaks down. There may be something with the home or the vehicle where there is a challenge. There may also be a change. You know, maybe you're wanting to move. Maybe you're wanting to redecorate or renovate. There may be some type of change and transformation in that regard. Please be mindful of the father and of the teachers. It's possible that they're having a difficult time right now. The way that I see this affecting Aquarius the most, it could be with health because the eighth house does have to do with health. So we want to be super mindful with the health. But I also see this being like deep seated judgment and criticism of the self, you know, and so if you do have any of that self-critic, that self-judgment, that doubt of the self, notice the root of it. Try to analyze where is it coming from because these things are not spontaneous. Being critical of yourself and judgmental of yourself is not something that spontaneously comes into your psyche. It's something that was born and something that was taught. And so look back, try to figure it out if you have those thoughts come up, of course, and just notice. I think that this can be such a powerful time for Aquarius to release and let go of a lot of that inner critic and that inner voice of judgment. If you are dating, I, you know, I mean, it's a fine time to date. It's not the worst time to date. You may just be feeling a little bit more critical of partners. Um, I think that things may just be feeling a little bit smoother, a little bit more auspicious after that 26th, August 26th. But again, I don't see it being the worst time either. If you are a Pisces moon or a Pisces ascendant, Venus is debilitated in the seventh house of relationships. So of course, for you especially, be very mindful of the connections and the relationships that you have. Try not to be overly critical, overly analytical, overly judgmental. Just let things kind of ride out until after that August 26th date when you can get more clarity. It's a good time to see things with practicality and remember that our partners are human too. They're not going to be perfect. There is the potential for miscommunication with relationships or in our business partnerships. So be really mindful with your communications. Try to 
not to speak off of impulse, right? Try to give yourself plenty of time before speaking. There may be some transformation. If you are in a relationship or in a business partnership, there could be a transformation or change within that connection, some sort of metamorphosis. Um, And so it is a good time, again, to be really mindful and respectful, but it is a time to get serious and a time to get practical. So if you have a business partner, maybe getting things together, really organizing things, developing some sort of strategic plan, and even with your partner, you guys could do the same thing as well. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you all have a better plan of how to approach this season with Venus being debilitated in Virgo. If you have any questions, please email me at astrology podcast at gmail.com visit my website innerknowing.yoga my instagram is astrology now underscore podcast and i'd love to see you on patreon patreon.com slash astrology now podcast again my name is christine rodriguez this is astrology now thank you so much